Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. Hey, uh, thank you again for joining the Savage to Sage podcast. I'm Kyle Maloney, the co-host, and this is a video podcast that explores the evolutionary journey from an entrepreneur. They start out savage, and they hopefully get to a sage through their experience. Uh, Today, we have the privilege of having Chad Rose on here. Then he is the co-founder and CEO of Insight Out and has co-founded another company as well, and we're excited to have him here today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Kyle. Happy to be part of the conversation. Let's let's go ahead and just jump into it. Um, I'm really curious to hear about a bio, kind of the companies that you founded and kind of, you know, where you are on your path today. My in my kind of path has been largely around data analytics and data engineering from the very beginning. It's kind of what I started doing coming out of college, uh, working primarily in the financial services industry and in kind of an enterprise uh, space. So Delivering the data that, you know, investors needed to make decisions was really kind of my job initially. Learned a lot of skills, you know, figured I had kind of maxed out in terms of what I could learn at that organization and, you know, wanted to take on a new challenge. That being always having wanted to start a company, I figured that was the hardest thing to do. And that's why I went after it. Turned out to be that way too. But, you know, that that background kind of uh, within the enterprise analytics is where I started Treehouse Technology Group, which was the first company I co-founded with my brother and one other partner, uh, Darton Rose and Phil West, and started as a professional services organization really around helping middle market all the way through to Fortune 500 companies get the most out of their data, You know, really give them data management capabilities, technology, and data analytics capabilities. And we did that for about five years. It still runs as its own business right now. And then from there, we founded Inside Out, uh, which was a platform, an end-to-end data management analytics platform designed specifically for the middle market. And it was really a a kind of an evolution of the things that we felt were missing within the market. So we used everyone else's tools and we felt like they were good in certain areas, but definitely missing the market in others. And so we developed our own product uh, to to meet those needs. That's great. That's great. So tell us about the current company uh, that you're at. You know, you, you kind of alluded to it. It's just kind of like, it's the thing that was missing in the market from what it was previously. Can you give me some more specifics about it? Yeah, absolutely. So we we service really the non-technical executives at our clients and at our customers at those organizations. So by that, I mean CFOs, CEOs, COOs, and they're, they're generally not overly technical individuals. So the platform itself is meant to enable them in a self-service manner to get the analytics, the visualization, the insights they need. And so the, as much as humanly possible, we want to remove the dependency on, you know, en- engineers to come in and, you know, create these data models or create these visualizations or the dashboards that we're delivering and give the end user the ability to do so on a, in a self-service manner. And ultimately, the vision is, you know, as, a, as an end user, as a CFO or a CEO, you're coming into the platform and the platform is telling you what you should be paying attention to within the business. So, you know, if there's a flat line of revenue from quarter to quarter, there might be a lot of stories underneath that that indicate really good growth in certain areas and maybe lower growth in others. And the idea with Inside Out is that we bring that those trends and those those indicators to your attention automatically versus having someone else have to find them in the weeds. That's amazing. And so 
it just seems like you're taking analytics to a whole nother level for kind of an organizational management process in a sense. Is that correct? Absolutely. And there are, there are a couple of different ways of looking at it too. You know, we primarily service the lower to middle market with Insight Out. So it's not necessarily the enterprise space. And in those companies, they have extremely capable individuals who are running the businesses, but they're overwhelmed with, you know, if they're growing, they're overwhelmed with manual reporting, they're overwhelmed with trying to understand where the business is going. And they don't have internal expertise around data analytics. They can't afford the same people that Amazon and Google can to come in, the data scientists and everyone else to come in and do all this work for them. So the whole idea is we bring that enterprise analytics capability down to the middle market. That makes amazing sense. And so when you define middle market, what type of size organizations are you talking about specifically? Sure. So we go as we've we've helped organizations as low as five to ten million, but typically our sweet spot is twenty million in annual revenue to two hundred million in annual revenue, a lot of which are owned by private equity. So they're proven organizations that are growing. They have a proven business model and it's about scaling it up from there. Perfect. That sounds amazing. As you think about the company growing over the next five to 10 years, how do you potentially see your business changing within that time frame? We definitely have an eye towards that middle market I just referenced and becoming kind of the go-to solution provider in that space. That would be in the near term, the two to three year window. In the five year plus, it's more about then moving up into the enterprise space and having broader capabilities that enable organizations of that size to do what they need to do. It's also about taking those insight engines further and further uh, along the path of automation. So again, as I mentioned, that vision of coming in, I, I don't view a world where you know a new company, 100 million in revenue, they're growing and they want to get an analytics capability. I don't view it as like 10 years out, they're going to go hire a bunch of people to you know piece something together. There should be a tool where they plug it into their CRM, their Salesforce system that plugs it into their QuickBooks or other finance system extracts that data, and then tells them automatically as much as possible what, what's going on. And so that's the kind of target we have in mind in that longer-term vision. Wow. What a powerful tool. I, I can imagine. So, I mean, the fact that you've actually put, you're using your analytics to put like kind of concrete things in place. Yeah. It just seems like an amazing fit for so many organizations and companies. So yeah, it's exciting. I mean, that's yeah. really, really exciting that the space that you're in. That's amazing. Okay, we're going to back up a little bit and kind of talk about kind of, you know, you alluded to it a little bit earlier. You're like, hey, I did data analytics and I kind of hit the ceiling and I kind of wanted to go after something a bit further, like starting my own business. You know, can you kind of tell me what went into that decision to kind of say, hey, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to take the risk, take the jump kind of join the savagery of entrepreneurship? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I would say a number of different factors, to be honest. So uh, going back to childhood, I had a uncle who was an entrepreneur, very successful, always looked up to him. You know, my, my generally my family had a diverse background. They were all between aunts and uncles doing, you know, different things that all, all were interesting to me. So, but that entrepreneurial spirit was definitely in there. My brother, older brother took that over in, you know, straight out of college, he just started his own companies and kept on doing it. And we had always said we wanted to do something together. And so that was a big impetus there as well. And beyond that, like I said, I like challenges and you know, took the hardest major I could in college, pushed myself as hard as I could in my first job, and then was like, this is clearly the most difficult thing you can do with the highest reward. And that's what I wanted to try. 
That's great. I, I like the fact that you, you, you like to take on challenges. You kind of go after it. That's, yeah. I think that's a, that's a normal entrepreneurship trend yeah. uh, that we've seen from kind of doing the podcast and being with other entrepreneurs. Can you tell us kind of like, what were the early days like, you know, kind of starting your own company? Um, you know, what was the pace, the intensity, um, those types of things? Yeah. Uh, I probably know different from a lot of the other folks you've talked to, uh, very intense, you know, it was a balance of trying to do the work, especially since we were in a consulting model, professional services model in the beginning. It was a balance of trying to do the work, always with an eye towards like, how do we continue to grow? Um, and how do we, you know, build up of an, a big of a, enough customer base and name for ourselves to kind of continue to scale and find additional people and so on. But that was really it. It was like a super high pressure to deliver on what we said we, we were going to do. And the space we were in, analytics itself is very difficult. Like no matter how good you are, it's a challenging thing to deliver on. And oftentimes we come through, we, we have clients come to us who are just coming off of failed implementation after failed implementation, right? So there's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot that we, you know, wanted to deliver for our customers and balancing that with how do we attack a bigger, you know, market? How do we make progress on the sales side to, you know, encourage us enough to continue and can continue building the company, right? So a mix of more than anything, balancing a, a, a variety of different thoughts and roles in my head day to day at the same time trying to deliver because, you know, in the end, what we always have put forth first is our customers delivering what we say we're going to do and making sure there's a good outcome. And so that's really, that's a lot of, you know, initial pressure early on when you're doing it all yourself. Yeah. And especially if like, if in the data analytics realm, there's been kind of the promise that we're going to do this this way. And then they have like, you know, numerous experiences that would say it didn't work out the way that they said they were going to do. I can imagine that's just even more of an uphill battle to kind of want to execute with professionalism. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. It's, you know, managing the client expectations and making sure, you know, yeah, you're just doing as much as you can to bring value. Yeah, that's great. So as far as like your biggest personal professional test, how would you like, I know that you kind of alluded to that a little bit as far as, you know, kind of starting the company. Has that been the one kind of like, you know, kind of thinking about growing the business while meeting expectations within your customers? Or has there been other things that have been kind of stretching in this process for you? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of them early on. The other one, though, is uh, really making that transition from service to product. So, you know, as at Treehouse, we ultimately decided we wanted to develop our own product inside out. And we funded that product and building it out through the service business. And so we bootstrapped the whole thing. And the dance you have to do to get from a service to a product is very hard. Most people advise you not to do it, right? But uh, we, we made that transition. And that was a really hard thing to do in terms of remaining focused and giving the company as much structure as possible to give the team the ability to focus on the different parts they were they were going to deliver on you know making sure the service business got the attention and love that it needed as well as you know being really mindful of how much we were spending on the new product and making sure it was going to you know work and and you know delivered for our customers and so that balancing act was definitely challenging but I felt more prepared for coming through the experience I had at starting Treehouse from the beginning that makes sense. So now, now that you've got, you know, you've moved, you've transitioned from service to product and you're developing a team around you, those types of things, you know, how, 
how did you find team members when you wanted to bring them on uh, within your business and kind of what were key attributes in order for people to join your team? Yeah, absolutely. We built it through a variety of sources. One, you know, our, you know, our full-time team. We also have uh, partners uh, in Eastern Europe who help us find really great engineers. Early on, it was a lot about putting people in, in making sure that they were going to fit early on. If they didn't, then we'd all have to agree to move on. But those people who did end up fitting the culture and the mindset, it was almost like we were always asking them to say, is there anyone else in your world that you feel like would be a good fit? And Joe, using that that kind of chain of references was really helpful for us. We've come to realize a number of key attributes, especially within the data analytics space, is you know a certain you know curiosity around you know solving puzzles and you know really being uh, interested in, in a variety of topics. A lot of our engineers come from, especially on the data side, come from a variety of backgrounds: nuclear physics or social sciences or uh, physics in general. Um, and so they don't come from necessarily a computer science background, as you might expect. And we found that to be a really key indicator, a good indicator. And then, you know, grit and trying to figure out if they have a good amount of grit as well would be uh, something that we've we've used. And we get to know that early on, but it's something that we look out for when we're talking to folks about coming into the team. That's great. Yeah, grit is a common theme as well that we, <laughs> we get here. Yeah. One of the, this is a good kind of a culture question in a sense, but like, how do you attract people that subscribe to your why? You've mentioned that like, hey, we want to, we want to make sure that our customers know that we're going to execute what we've set on. Um, How do you like find those people of high integrity that are completely dedicated uh, to your organization's mission? Yeah, there are a couple different ways. Um, You know, obviously we at the highest level, we're recruiting on a variety of different platforms and through a number of channels. So we get a lot of people coming in to apply for the positions. Um, we take a look at the background too. So as I mentioned, a diversity in, in background from an education standpoint is good. But also we understand we try to understand where they're coming from. So if they're coming largely from an enterprise background, it's historically not been a good fit because they're super siloed and focused on delivering for a you know, single spot, single part of the business. But if they come more from an entrepreneurial background or a smaller, you know, technology startup, they're more than likely exposed to the customer in that process. They're more than likely exposed to, you know, tight, tight deadlines or a desire to deliver. Right. And while that can be hidden within an enterprise, you know, culture within a startup and, you know, smaller entrepreneurial culture, it's a lot harder to, to get by without really trying to we're really producing right and so we really look at those background that the background on their on their resume and the technologies that they've used where they came from where they got their education their hobbies outside of work and that's how we try to understand you know what who's going to make a good fit it's a lot of sifting through a ton of resumes and it's you know i think it's something we want to try to improve in terms of tra- attracting them proactively a couple other things we've done is you know we've added you know, requests at the, the bottom of the application to submit a video or submit a cover letter. And we know if they don't actually do that, they probably didn't read through the application and they're just, you know, going at it like uh, everyone else. So just little indicators like that. Attention to detail is important too. That's great. That's great. So, I mean, let's, let's get into it a little bit further. Like one of the reasons why we do the podcast is we want to kind of give space to entrepreneurs as they kind of transition in their journey. And so, you know, as we've said that like 
a common theme for entrepreneurs is this grit. You got to get things done. You got to move, be able to move forward, understandably so, because you want to scale your business and make it survive. With that, we've, you know, we wanted to provide space for entrepreneurs to be able to kind of say, what have you learned through that process? What kind of sage advice have you learned as you've kind of grown your business? So uh, with that being said, like, what are some key things that you've learned in this process of starting your own company, being a CEO? You know, as you scale a couple, a number of things, obviously, probably a lot. Um, one thing actually, too, just on this topic, right, is by starting your own company, you know, you're going from savage to hopefully sage a lot faster than you would otherwise, right? So it's like a pressure cooker. It's an accelerated education. It's an accelerated MBA. It's You're going to learn so much. Um, and the risk is pretty minimal and low in terms of your overall, you know, career. It's just a great way to really accelerate that learning process. But, you know, in terms of, a, there's so much that I've learned personally, I think, uh, from kind of a marketing standpoint and positioning standpoint, I've learned just how important that is. We started the company more just focused on delivery and networking and, you know, selling our, our services, but just the, the, from the advice of our advisors and others, and just looking at the advice generally in the market, you know, being able to position your business in the right way and being able to speak about it in the, in the market, being able to test your value proposition or the service that you want to offer if you have an idea in mind. You can do that really easily and cheaply, you know, by, you know, on the, on the front end of the funnel, really on the front end of marketing. And so, you know, we've done more and more of that. We're continuing to do more and more of that where it's, you know, anything from just tweaking the way you're speaking about the business to presenting new product ideas and doing a really lightweight test of those within the market before you actually go out and build them. So becoming really nimble from that standpoint and leveraging the, the power of just the marketing tools that are out there today has been really you know, something that I've learned. As you scale the importance of process, if you can't write down the process and put it in a document, then there's no way you can hand it off to someone else and expect them to do it. And what I've also found is by creating names of those processes, like just something that's a little unique, labeling a certain component of how you do the business and how you, how you do work and, and labeling it as something that's unique and kind of uh, easily uh, understood that gives the team the ability to reference that throughout their day-to-day to go back and say, okay, let's use this approach over here. Or let's use this named approach over there. And that starts to spread across the business much faster than if you just put a document that you know lives up on Google you know, Docs that stipulates how you should do X, Y, and Z without really any you know why behind it or without a good name behind it. So just naming the process itself in, in short is, what's I've, is one thing I've found to be really effective in distributing that across the company. I would say a a lot of other, you know, learnings throughout the process. Um, But those are some of the key things that I've definitely come to come to understand that I didn't know going into it. Yeah, I've seen it where it's it's really difficult for entrepreneurs to kind of come from that visionary mindset to that scale mindset. That's something where I've in my own experience that, that that's a difficult, you know, kind of process because it takes kind of, you know, from a traditional entrepreneurship mindset, it's kind of like the idea the goal, the vision, those types of things. But it's a completely different skill set for that scale up kind of situation. So I really like how you talked about like, there's got to be a process established to kind of help the business grow. That makes tons of sense and is so needed. So that's really neat. So most rewarding thing 
about kind of starting your own business, those types of things. For you, what has been one of the most rewarding things for you? Definitely the what I've learned, right? So, you know, definitely the lessons, the knowledge that I now have and feeling like I could, if I started another business tomorrow, make it work a lot easier and do it a lot easier, right? Just having that that level of competence and built up is like a great feeling, very rewarding. Also seeing customers get so much out of data, just specific to our business. We have customers and they say, this is exactly why I bought the product or this is exactly what I was expecting or this is more than I could imagine. Like that type of response is very rare within technology and software as a service. And to get that, you know, repeatedly within our customer base has been incredibly rewarding because we built this tool from the very ground up. We didn't use anything else, no other third parties, no other, you know, solutions. It was all our own. And, you know, there's nothing like that in terms of seeing that come to life. Wow. Like you fulfilled your mission, you know, you completely fulfilled it. Absolutely. That's amazing. That's amazing. What does your company need from you now? Do they need you to be a savage or a sage? Yeah, I, uh, I would say probably more of this on the sage, still some savage, you know, probably required, you know, setting the standard making sure that it's met and really leading by example is what I try to do. And that's more on the, you know, putting the work in on the sa- on the savage side. But then to your point about going from visionary or startup to scale, that's where the sage stuff has to come in. <laughs> and you have to be a little bit smarter. You can't just work harder. Like you just need to be a little bit smarter about how you're approaching things. And, uh, you know, simply from a sage standpoint, that's about distributing that information, that knowledge, that understanding down to the team, enabling them as much as possible. And that's something that I continue to try to do through, you know, the process definition or through enabling them uh, as much as I can within their day-to-day. That's great. Well, Chad, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time uh, uh, to be on the Savage to Sage podcast. I'll be honest with you, uh, what you're doing at Inside Out is incredibly appealing. And I can imagine uh, so many businesses can benefit from it. So thank you so much for taking the time to share about uh, your business and um, specifically all the things that you've learned on your entrepreneurship journey. Yeah, absolutely, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the questions and the conversation. Thank you for listening to today's interview. To view show notes or hear more episodes, please visit www.savagetosage.com. <laughs>